In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Uh, today is the second Sunday of the Blessed Holy Great Fast, and we hear about the temptation of our Lord Jesus Christ, so I thought we could just go very quickly over the mechanism of temptation and how we can resist temptation in our life. St. Anthony the Great said, this is the great work of man, to take blame of his own sins before God and to expect temptation to the last breath. So it's not odd for us to have temptation. The Lord Jesus Christ wasn't shocked that the devil came and tempted him in the wilderness. Oftentimes we find that we're caught off guard. But here, St. Anthony tells us, expect temptation to the last breath. So to be aware that temptations will come. Mechanism of temptation, where does temptation start? How does sin come about? It all starts in the mind. It all starts with a thought that comes to us. And so that's what the church fathers say. When you read St. John Climacus or St. Mark the ascetic or many others, they'll say it all starts in the mind. When you think about our mother Eve, where did it all start? It th started with a thought. Before she did anything, before the disobedience, before anything, it was a thought that was thrown at her. And so that's what happens with us. That's the stage of provocation. We're provoked by the devil, um, and there's an idea, a thought, an image, something that comes to us, and that's how Satan tries to bait us. I'm just going to go through these very quickly. I'm not going to like meditate too long on them. The second stage is the coupling, where I begin to have a dialogue. I begin to... to, to Okay, I heard this thought, what do I do with it? I can discuss it with the devil or I can rebuke it. And so that's the coupling stage. In the first two stages, there is no sin. I'm making a decision. I got a thought and then I make a decision whether I have a dialogue of, oh, maybe this is a nice idea. Or like the Lord Jesus Christ, he responded to the devil and said, basically, it is written. And he responded with verses from scripture. And then he, re he rebuked Satan, away with you, Satan. And so there was no sin in his case. Sometimes when we accept the idea, it leads to the third stage, that of consent, where I have accepted it. I like the idea. I'm like, well, maybe it's, it's, it's a nice thing to do. It's going to give me pleasure. It's something that I'm going to enjoy. And so I consent. St. John Climacus says the consent is the bending of the soul to what has been presented to it, accompanied by delight and so i consent i bend my soul basically when he says i'm bending my soul i'm basically bending my soul to the devil i'm worshiping him that's why the lord jesus christ says he who commits sin is a slave of sin and so i become a slave to the devil the the fourth stage is that of captivity that thought i've consented to it but maybe i haven't put it into action the thought has become something that i'm captivated with i want to accomplish it i want to do it i want to fulfill it and so that's the stage of captivity and actually saint john Climacus, he says he uses very uh, harsh words he says captivity is a forcible and involuntary rape of the heart or a permanent association with what has been encountered so it's like we've been completely associated with this sin in our mind now and that's why the stage of consent and, and captivity are that stage where maybe the action hasn't been taken, but sin has been accomplished. When you think about our Lord Jesus Christ, when he talks about adultery in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, whoever looks at a woman and lusts lust for her has already committed adultery. This is the stage of consent and captivity where I'm already thinking of it. Maybe I'm not accomplishing it in action, but the sin has been done in mind and then that leads to the the action itself when the opportunity presents itself then i go and and commit the sin i actually commit the sin in action 
and then finally, when I repeat the sin, it becomes a passion in a person's life, something habitual. And these passions, the, the fathers say, they're kind of like giving the key to my heart to the devil. When I allow a passion to reside in me, it's like giving the key. You know, imagine with me, you, you, you know, you, you have a house, somebody comes and rings the doorbell, you have a guest coming over. They don't just enter, they ring the doorbell, you go open the door for them. The fathers say that, you know, if you decide, for example, to give the key to this person, say, move in with me, this person can come in and out as they please. They don't have to ring the doorbell anymore. You've given them the key. You could be watching TV. They come in. They don't have to. They can interrupt you. You could be eating. They interrupt you. They don't have to ask permission for anything. And so the passions are like that. I've given the key to my heart to the devil. And completely off guard, I find him interrupting me. Finding interrupting me in various activities that I'm doing with a thought with something that um, uh, is linked to the passion that I've given him the key to. So he enters uh, without permission anymore. He doesn't need permission because I've allowed him to come in as he pleases. And these passions are the passions of gluttony, lust, greed, envy, um, uh, acedia, vainglory, and pride. And these are the things that give birth to all the other sins. And so when we're aware of them, and we're aware about the mechanism, these first three stages, the provocation, coupling, and consent, happen within seconds. They happen very quickly. And that's why the first thing we need to do is guard on our hearts. Be vigilant. Be, be always on guard. Aware that temptation can come at any time. If I really want victory, then I need to be like a soldier awaiting battle knowing that I'm at war, and this warfare is against the evil one. Ava Piman was once asked by a brother, Ava, I have many thoughts and they put me in danger. The old man led him outside and said to him, expand your chest and do not breathe in. He said, I cannot do that. The old man said to him, if you cannot do that, no more can you prevent thoughts from arising, but you can resist them. And so yes, he will tempt us, but I have the ability to resist. I have the ability to guard my house. I have the ability to put a security system over my heart. And so do I do that? Do I have a gatekeeper on my heart? When a thought comes, do you just accept it? Or do you analyze it? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it neutral? Some of the fathers say, when a thought comes, you can ask the thought, are you from us or against us? Are you for us or against us? And they say that if you ask in faith, you will know very clearly if this is a godly thought or an evil thought. Um, and so the next thing, you know, I'm, yes, I guard my heart, but how do I do this? The fathers again say, stay active in spiritual activity. Ava Piman um, said to another brother, he said, as long as the pot is on fire, no fly or any animal can get near it. But as soon as it gets cold, these creatures get inside. And so it is for us. As long as we live in spiritual activities, the enemy cannot find a means of overthrowing us. As long as there's heat, spiritual heat in our lives, and these things are like our prayers, our fastings, our readings, our attendance, our, our love for God, our running to Him, do we do that? Staying alive, full of heat spiritually, then the enemy cannot approach. That's what guards my heart. 
St. John Climacus says, Banish by a single thought the thoughts that assault us at the very moment they appear. Flog your enemies with the name of Jesus, for there is no stronger weapon in heaven and on earth. One way to always pray is the Jesus prayer. He says, run to Jesus. This is what St. John Climacus is saying. Flog your enemies with the name of Jesus. The Jesus prayer is very short. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Takes a second to two seconds to pray it. But pray it throughout the day. Protect yourself, guard your heart. When a temptation come, call upon his name. The name of Jesus is powerful. It is the name of salvation. It is the name at which every knee shall bow. It is the name that the demons fear. Call upon it in faith and you will be delivered. Another thing I remember when I was a novice, long time, like very long time in the beginning of my novice, Ambassador Abamon, God rest his soul, was the bishop of uh, St. Bishoy Monastery. And I was walking with him to his cell and he said to me, he said, whenever thoughts attack you, and especially lustful thoughts, always have a picture of Christ suffering, Christ on the cross or Christ suffering, and look at it and these thoughts will flee from you. Very simple advice, very simple things, but they help Do we do these things. Um, the last thing is expose your thoughts, expose your, your, your sins. Practice revelation of thoughts in your life. In Proverbs we read, he who covers his sins will not prosper. And so if I cover my sins, I will have no growth in my life, no spiritual growth. I'll find that temptation takes root in me, sin takes root in me, and the passions abide in me. And so the devil will have that key to my heart and can come in and out as he pleases, can do whatever he wants. And so to protect my heart, St. John Cashin, he says, if you are harassed by impure thoughts, do not hide them, but tell them to your spiritual father as soon as possible, for to the extent that one conceals these thoughts, they multiply and grow in strength as a worm gnaws through wood, so the wicked thought corrupts the heart. My heart gets corrupted when I let the thought sit, when I don't expose it. And so to expose it quickly, to practice revelation of thoughts, and to practice the gift of confession. This icon is of Saint Moses going to Ava Isidore to confess his sins. And when he confessed his sins, it says Ava Makarios saw the tablet that was filled with all his sins it was it says in the melody we say it was all black and as he was confessing his sins it all got erased and it became pure white that's what revelation and confession does we have a gift we have a gift to have that tablet of life completely white in our lives that that robe we've beginning at baptism to be purified every time we confess Instead of facing our Lord ashamed, instead of facing our Lord with all these stains, we can go and reveal and receive absolution and be purified. Ava Moses, yes, he went and confessed his sins, but he still struggled with temptation. And in his story, it says, tradition says in the stories, that 14 times in one night he was fought with the sin of lust. And so every time he went to Ava Isidore and revealed it, 14 times he revealed it. His elder said, give it no opportunity, but come here whenever the devil vexes you and you will expose him. And when he has been exposed, he will take flight. For nothing pleases the devil of fornication so much as that a man should hide his thoughts and not reveal them. 
once he began revealing them, he did it 14 times. Sometimes we're ashamed to reveal it once. And if we reveal it once, we don't go a second or third time. This man revealed it at one night 14 times, but he was given victory. And that's key to victory over temptation and sin and passions in our life. Yes, to guard my heart, but I guard it with prayer and the, the spiritual means that we have, but also constantly revealing my thoughts. As often as you're able to reach your spiritual father, reach him. Don't wait months at a time. Don't wait. I know we say confess at least once a month or once every 40 days. If you're able to do it more often and Abuna's available, do it as often as you can. Expose your thought. I was, when I, I moved to Boston, my spiritual father, first time I met him, I sat with him one night, um, and it was a Saturday night. I'm ending with this, and we can pray after. Uh, I, it was a Saturday night, first time I sit with him, I don't know him, and at the end of confession, he says, are you coming to Bible study on Tuesday? So I said, Abuna, I haven't been coming, I just moved, but sure, I'll come. He said, okay, we can sit together after. So I looked at him, like, really wondering like what are you talking about we'll sit together so i asked him like sit together for what like confession and he said yes i want to see your progress and so that night i was driving home i had a 45 minute drive and my mind was going all over the place i was thinking to myself what progress like it's saturday night i'm gonna sleep tomorrow morning it's sunday i'm gonna be in church monday i have work Tuesday I have work and I'm going to come to Bible study. Does he want me to go commit sin to give him progress? Like, I don't know what he wants. But then I realized, I understood what he's saying to me. Every day is a chance for growth. And every day that I don't grow, I'm missing the mark. Do I reveal this to my spiritual father? And to our God be the glory now and ever and unto the ages of the ages. Amen.